2: They're an arrogant,
0: ingrown, close-knit brotherhood like the Mafia. They're the product of a sick society. To hell with tomorrow. Their are baggies today. Their baggies is right now.
3: Welcome to Ben and Woods. Oh, the hair on my neck just, just straight up. <laughs> With Ben Higgins. Thank
4: God all these bottles I popped. All this paper I've been getting. All these
2: models I popped. Stephen Woods. It's my job to pull that demon out of Ben Higgins. And I will do it. And Paul Reindel.
3: Oh my God.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's Ben and
0: Woods. Oh, I do. <laughs> on
2: <laughs> 97 7-3, the fan. Thursday, everybody. Ben and Woods, 97.3 The Fan. Appreciate you being here this morning and consuming us. Sounds weird every time I say it, but I'll continue to say it. Uh, let's get our heads right on a Thursday. Lots to talk about, actually, since we got out of here yesterday. Uh, my name is uh, Stephen Woods. I go by Woodsy and uh, co-host of this program. Paul Reindl is our executive producer, imaging director. Good morning,
3: Pauly. Top of the morning to you. Pauly, I dig that hat. What is that hat from? This is from SDFC. That's SDFC hat. Yeah. I really like that. I was inspired when you uh, showed off your sweatshirt. I said, man, they got some cool looking gear. You know, it's funny because... They just came out with some new stuff. When the gear came out,
2: I think everyone was like, uh eh. And then I got it at Christmas. I was like, this is my favorite sweatshirt. Yeah,
3: my wife got me this hat. She got a sweatshirt, uh, the navy blue with the orange yeah. and blue logo. Looks and rad. I was like, yeah, I'm all I in. I really like that hat. I'm all in. I
4: like that hat a Describe lot. Describe it for those who are not watching on YouTube.
2: Uh, the hat is a gray hat with a cool, like, navy blue SD on it. And it but it's not,
3: the it's not the Padres interlocking no.
2: SD. It's like con- the top S part is connected to the top of the D, and I really enjoy it. I like it. I thought for a second it was this like a uh, San Diego Seals hat, but no, that's the S- that's uh, SDFC. Yeah. That looks really good. That's right. a Seals hat that's similar in that
4: yeah. gray color yeah, with the, the purple SD, but it's a different SD I than like that it.
2: SD. I like it a lot. So yeah. polly has got a, a fresh brim on, and it looks good. Benjamin Higgins, not as fresh looking. Uh, today, as far as gear goes, but fresh in spirit. Well, a little bit. I'm, I've am i been kicked
4: out of the barrio, unfortunately. I, I couldn't oh, believe this oh, uh, no. when Ben told me 17 minutes ago. I, I'm uh, a little sad about it, but that's it's okay. It's okay. Why don't you I tell mean, everybody uh, what happened? I, well, I mean, there's not really much that happened. We talked about it yesterday that I was invited to MC the spirit. <laughs> was, it, or was yesterday it, or the day before? Ago, two yeah. days ago that I was invited to MC the upcoming
2: Spirit of the Barrio luncheon. And my point was, I think my overarching point was, why you, of all people, to go up and talk about, you know, the Spirit of the Barrio. You, of all people. And you made a decent case for yourself. and And I thought, well, all right. If they're, they're okay with it, then sounds good to me.
3: What was his case again? Like, my great 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 great, 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 mother, great, great, great grandmother great,
4: my, my great-grandmother's family fled Pancho Villa on horseback yes. from Mexico to Arizona, where they settled and became farmers in Yuma, Arizona.
2: And he has... I would have um, been
4: Ben Franco, if, ben we Franco. Had, if we had gone with the name from that line. We got my whole heritage on my mother's mother's mother's
2: mother's side of the family. Right. And so uh, I thought, okay. Well, then, then yeah, you gotta, you get a pass, yeah, uh, for that. And uh, then you 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 looked at your email yesterday, and and they've they've made a decision. Now
4: I was not told you are not, in fact, Barrio enough to host this luncheon. I was told that they accidentally double booked the host, and could I perhaps postpone
2: until a later Barrio luncheon at some other date? Oftentimes, when I want to get out of something. I'll say something like that, and then I'll say, but I'd love to do it at a later right. date, knowing full well I'm never going to. <laughs> I mean, I have no reason to
4: doubt the Barrio organizers, and I don't know that they're lying to me. They probably just already had invited Julian Delgado or Troy Hirsch or someone else and forgot to tell you know the guy who invited me, and then he was horrified to go, wait, I I got Ben Higgins. He's going to do Oh, no, we already... <laughs> We already invited Troy, he's gonna be MCing our lunch and sorry, you're gonna to have to cancel with Ben. Jocelyn said it's because
2: he couldn't roll his R's. It's so possible. maybe you I've been working on it so hard. But you've damaged you tea. You damaged the reputation. I do feel bad. I w- okay, here's a question. Had we never mentioned it on the air? Does, do you still get that email? That's
4: the thing I don't know.
2: I mean, I would
4: think that mentioning an army hair would Is be a good, a, a good thing, yes, and a benefit in promoting the, of the event that we, gives me an advantage over
2: everybody else that hasn't been promoting the event. That's exactly right. It would have been funny to have dueling hosts show up, and you're like, I, know, I guess we're working together. It's you, it's hacksaw up there, both talking about.
3: Yeah, try this. <laughs> That could have yeah, cost that me. A little that
2: would have of cost you. Possible. But you, no, it's still a good event. And if
4: you were interested in attending, I
2: love the barrio.
4: Don't let it stop you that I will no longer be said MC of the March luncheon. So tamales Man. are still good at
2: lunch. Uh, Hannah Nancaro Woods, my wife in the chat, says, I'd rather be dead by Pancho Villa in Mexico than alive in Arizona. She really is not a fan <laughs> of Arizona in any way. Dead at the hands of Poncho V. I
4: think it's actually Poncho P A N C H O. Poncho is what you wear to protect yourself from the rain. No, she spelled it with an O, poncho like Oh Pancho. It's Poncho P A N C H O, not P O N C H O, which oh, is a poncho pon- is what you wear like in a the slain, rain yeah. slicker.
2: Poncho V. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Are you Ben explaining what Poncho yes, like? he he is? Yes. Is. Yeah, he is.
2: Yeah. I, I really um I really am sorry that uh that you're out of that gig. Now, was that a paid gig? No. Oh, okay. It was a volunteer me... position. they are still
4: gonna go. I I may still go. Who knows? I might but that's if a hard ass move to, going, to show up.
3: Be like, all right, if well, I'm gonna be seeing another so,
4: one in the future, I may wait until that one just
2: you know, I don't need to go to all of them. Can all I tell the time. you can I tell you something? I'm not that Barrio. Can I tell you something? <laughs> you don't uh they're n- you're not gonna be doing another one. Oh, I, I didn't I mean clearly something happened something it's like it's like our thing with s d s u something happened five years ago where they're like no they're they're on the list right so there's something that's happened now i'll probably get the blame for it, but again, <laughs> I do feel like you know you not being able to say barrio is is going to hurt you in that. Welcome to the spirit of the barrio you know it just doesn't work the same, but I am sorry if it, if it was me that cost you that Zero dollars. Zero dollar appearance. I am sorry. It's fine. I'll get over Bria.
4: it. Bria. Bria. <laughs> Bria. Bria. <laughs> so yesterday, um, <laughs> we, did, we did our bean-boozled jelly beans. We did. And I, it, it, like, ruined my appetite the entire day. <laughs> the dead fish and the dirty dishwater that I ended up eating, yeah, didn't. I couldn't eat lunch. I had, like, oh, four man. wheat bins. That's all I could get down. And I didn't eat anything until late in the day when I was starting to finally feel a little bit better from those dang like, jelly beans. It made
2: you sick? Yeah. Or you tasted it? I just, I kind of, it, just, it just took my,
4: it? I think it was just remembering. It was psychological. I don't think I was physically ill. It just didn't, I just didn't want to eat again after having those jelly beans.
2: It's a decent weight loss. And that's
4: good. You know, go with the sdfatloss.com bean boozled strategy as well.
2: And you just have uh, listen. Here is our program: you eat one dead bean, fish bean, bean, bean in, in the morning, and you will not eat until dinner time. Pretty much as an appetite suppressant. Polly, what did you have? You had the
3: stink, had bug. stink bug. Stink
2: bug. Now, how was your appetite the rest of the day?
3: Uh, less than normal. Less than normal. Yeah, wish Actually, I wish I would have had a one. Point. I ate like a hog I yesterday. Didn't eat- I didn't eat until dinner.
2: Yeah, same Six
3: o'clock. I took
2: the kids in last night, and and I told them that we did the bit, and uh, Bo really wanted to see it because it was his idea. And he howled and cackled, just like his dad. We were watching at the dinner table on YouTube. He goes, Did his ooh, did his mouth fill up with water? I go, yeah, he was like about to throw up. And uh, you know, he's six almost. He's fast and pooping and things like that. So he really, really loved. You're forty-eight it. and you're fascinated by those things, <laughs> yes, sir. Is that actually true. <laughs> oh man, we had we had yesterday one of the best shows we've ever had. I mean, it was just it was just from from start to finish, just weird and out there. And when you can get a good Ben Higgins belly laugh, there's really nothing like it in the world. It, I think it could cure disease. <laughs> <laughs> The little snort gets me. (laughs) Toast. (laughs) (laughs) Take that. Pour it out of a bottle into one of those big spoons in your kitchen and then just... (laughs) Suck it down, and you're, you will instantly feel better. Cannot fake it. I cannot fake it. He- <laughs> More like ass pro shops. To be honest with you. <laughs> Just murdered me. It just murdered oh, me yesterday. So you know the the good thing is you have a show like that, <laughs> and you're like, all right, I feel pretty good about uh, our show and its direction. The bad news is you get home and you go, all right, don't get stupid and try to just recreate that magic. Just let the game come to you and have some fun today. Uh, we are going to have some good conversations today. There's some audio. I mean, we have more uh, some of the best audio. It, the audio is is raining from heaven right now. I can't get enough of this. There's some huge, huge news in in coaching. Obviously, that you guys have heard about. Stephen A. Smith decided to stop down and do 45 minutes on his biggest enemy as a fellow uh, PhD in Petty. I couldn't have loved it more. It was so hardcore. I want to get into the weeds on that. It was incredible. Um, there's a lot to talk about. There, now, may,
4: there may be coaching news that you haven't heard about. If you're just getting up and haven't checked, you know, Twitter yet, you got more than just what we heard about yesterday as
2: well. We'll get man, into all of that. We're talking about some legends, <laughs> legends of the game that. Uh, what?
3: What a span of, what, 18 hours? <laughs> yeah, my, my
2: God. Just insane. Uh, so we'll get into that, too. Baseball remains uh, a bit slow, but we've got some ideas uh, how to talk some Padres today. I got a, I got one yesterday, too. I wanted to, to weigh in on this one uh, now. Somebody had tweeted something. I think local media should be making a bigger deal out of the fact that no one's really talking from the Padres. And I, I wrote him back, and I wasn't being a jerk. I just said, look, you know. We've asked. You can't force somebody to come on the radio. I mean, you can, but we I would go to prison. I can't go kick down the private equity office and be like, all right, all right, I got him, guys. Ben, fire away with your questions. Like, I— <laughs> If I thought it would work, I might try it, but like, I don't want to go to prison just to get an Eric Katsenda interview here, right? I do understand why fans are restless. We all do. We're restless as balls right now. We would love to have him on.
4: You know, I I think the question is, what, as fans, do we have a right to even know? Correct. There there are certainly some things in any organization, even a... Uh, a public-facing one like a professional sports team like the Padres that deserve to be behind closed doors.
2: Sure, but that being said, Benny, they make the good, the very astute point of this is what we were told, we know things have changed, no one's talking, we're not spending allegedly, and ticket prices are going up. I think there's
3: legit beef there. Sure, yeah. I agree. But they haven't had anything
4: illegal. No, no, as, no, no, no. As no. far as I know. No. Just no
3: one's talking. But this fan base, we have been spoiled with somebody like Peter Seidler. And even before Peter Seidler, Ron Fowler would go on the air every week and just and sh- talk. Sh- yeah. So Peter would come on and calm all of us down. That's
2: what I think people want. They want they want us to be mad and yell at them enough that they go, fine, put somebody on. I'm just here to tell you it doesn't. Really work that way? Right. The, I wish it did. The ask is in. The ask is as written. Recently, is like forty eight hours ago. <laughs> Exactly. So I don't want to. I'm not. I think your tweet was right. You're right. We should be making a bigger deal out of it. But there's really nothing. All you can do is ask, and they say no, and you say, oh, "Okay." I strenuously object. <laughs> like what? What do you want us to do? I. You know, you can't get blood from a stone right now. I think things will play out. You have every right to be nervous as a fan base, but I want to talk more about that as well.
4: That's a good point. Uh, We'll set the menu coming up next, uh, including some of those Padres topics that we will get to. Uh, we got our regular features. It's a throwback Thursday, so uh, get ready for some of that as well. It's Ben and Woods. Check traffic with Kelly and be right back on San Diego's number 1 sports station, 97.3 The Fan.
0: And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Oh, you know,
3: before a flame. And it's just a box of
4: If you're just getting up, the breaking news this morning involving coaching legends. After a day filled with Nick Saban and Pete Carroll talk, Bill Belichick will be leaving the New England Patriots after 24 seasons, reported this morning by ESPN and other sources. Uh, Could be a press conference as soon as, what, 9 a.m. our time? Yeah. Uh, Coming up later this morning. One of our
2: Tier 1s, Alvaro, uh, lives in Boston. He's the one I married him uh, a couple months back. He DM'd me this morning and said he's on his way to Gillette right now for the Bill Belichick presser at noon Eastern. So nine our time. That makes I
4: me think, think so. that Bill Belichick will be part of that presser. I would, which means I would he's imagine. going at least somewhat cooperatively like Pete Carroll did. <laughs> go-
2: Take him. He's not going to go quietly. Yeah, I think it's going to be uh, the old mutual decision bit. Yeah. doesn't mean that Bill Belichick is
4: retiring necessarily from coaching. I'm on the retirement, yeah, on the retirement,
3: onto the golf course,
4: onto the fishing boat, because he will be a uh, he'll be a name talked about by other teams. But he will uh, have
2: a job in three weeks, I would imagine, if
4: he wants it. Yeah, if he wants. I, you know what, and and we can talk about this when we get into the coaching, but when you look at, I mean, you know, even the legends, you know, Pete Carroll. Bill Belichick. If you don't have the players, you really can't be successful. Is there any coach that can transcend a lack of playing talent? Yeah, but he's also the the best. He's also the the worst.
2: He's also the GM. True. But he was also the
4: GM when they were winning as well for the most part. I mean mean, he has Scott Pioli, but listen, guys guys lose their fastball it happens. did he lose his fastball? Did he forget do do you guys forget how to coach? Does the game pass no. them by the, the, or yeah, the game is it simply a matter of when he has players he won and when he didn't have players he didn't win. Just like every other coach. But
2: here's the thing in the history of coaching. It's like it's like You, you're the GM and you make the personnel decisions and you made good, really good personnel decisions for a long time. Let's also be honest. He hit on a little bit of luck with a a guy like Tom Brady in the sixth round that came in and said, I'm done being a a slob. I'm going to be the greatest of all time and I'm going to make everybody around me better. He put the good teams on the field. He kept guys. He cut guys when he needed to, when they were at the top and they cost too much money and was able to replenish. I think, yeah, I think the eye goes. I think the feel for, uh, relating to players and all that.
4: Mac Jones was not the right guy. No, if he had been, though, would Bel Belichick still be the genius? If if, if Mac Jones turned into one of the top young quarterbacks in the league, is Belt Belichick still one of the best coaches in football? I, I don't know. I mean, I mean he picked Mac Jones. That's the thing. Is he like, did? But he, it's one. It's one selection in a. In a quarter century plus career, sure. you know, of NFL coaching, you're not going to get
2: every single one right. Does that mean Bill Belichick is an idiot because he was wrong on no, Mac Jones? And like like uh, Mike says in here, his defense with a losing record was still top ten. Can still coach the D. I, was it a was it a symptom of not wanting to to delegate? You know, not wanting to to say, all right, maybe I don't, maybe I can't, still handle all of this. You know, maybe I still can't be a capologist and a, a defensive mind and motivate my rookie quarterback. Um, I, I just don't know what the answer is. I just I know that Bill Belichick, if he wants a job, then he'll have another job. It's just a matter of what kind of power will they give him. I would imagine if it were if it were my franchise and I was the Raiders or the Chargers, that haven't done anything. I'd take a look at a guy I, like I that. Don't, I don't know because
4: he's seventy two years old and. Uh, even if you get a, a fairly decent rendition of Bill Belichick, at the most you're getting him for, what, three years? I mean, yeah, how, how long is he going to go? And then you've got to go through this entire process yep, again. Or, agree. You know, Hopefully he brings in a coach in waiting. By the way, his coaches in waiting have generally been Terrible. atrocious. All of them. Almost so, to a man. So why do you really want to even go down that road? Even if you thought he might inject... Eh, a little bit of Bill Belichick into your organization. Is it really worth it going down that road right now? Or would you rather take a chance on someone else, you know, a hot name and, and maybe you land on someone who can be your coach for a decade plus?
2: Yeah. Jeff says if you get a Super Bowl, the team won't care. You're right. You're absolutely right. But what teams that are looking for coaches right now are poised to win a Super Bowl in the next three years? You know, I know people will say the Chargers no. just because of Justin Herbert. It would be interesting to see what he does with Justin Herbert, but in more cap. Construction than they've
4: had in yep. years. Yep. I mean the Chargers are a team right now, I think, on the downswing, not the upswing. They're gonna
2: have to they're gonna have to be very creative with, with some of the ways that they handle some Titans. of their cap problems.
4: Yeah, Titans. I, I mean where where are you going that Bill Belichick can really make a huge difference in the
2: next couple of years? You know the funny thing is about the NFL too. It doesn't honestly really doesn't matter what team you own, you're going you're gonna make money. You know, you, oh, we need to hire him for a splash, get get asses in the seats. There's going to be asses in the seats anyway. Like, that's the, that, there's a, there's a, there's a part of that in other sports. Um, but I, you know, I think, do you want to hire Bill Belichick? It's got to be a good situation for him. And I think it probably starts and stops with a quarterback. But yeah, do you think he could help the Chargers defense? Yeah, he could. He absolutely could. He could help the Raiders defense. He could help the Raiders offense if he had the right quarterback in place. So, uh, I think, it's just up to him. Does he want to continue to do this grind? Does he want to move to the West Coast, be a West Coast guy now and for three, four, five more years? He's going to be 77 years old at the end of a five-year deal? Uh, I don't know. I For me, for me personally, if it were me, I'd be like, I'm out of here, man. I got seven. R- remember, Bill Belichick is not going to sell himself
4: either when he gets to a new team and a new fan base. Like most Imagine new coach, that interview. But like most new coaches have to sell themselves to, you know, hey. This is what we're going to do. We're going to, you know, he he gets a fan base. New coaches get a fan base excited when they arrive in town. That's part of their job is to, I mean, that's why San Diego State hired Sean Lewis. No one was excited about Brady Hoke. They're hoping people will be excited about Sean Lewis. (laughs) Bill Belichick, the name might excite people, but he ain't going on any blitz of media tour.
2: Chargers football, catch the fever.
4: We're that's on, it. We're on to the first game of the season. On and on the that's all you'll hear season. from him, you know, until the season starts, essentially. Is that exciting for a new team? Do you really want to deal with that if you're not the New England Patriots? I I really don't. People are saying, you know,
2: look, make him a coordinator. He's not. I don't think he's going to take a coordinator's job.
4: Is this Rocky Long here?
3: Yeah, I, I still <laughs> think that's going to happen. <laughs> I think he's taking a preparations maybe instead, but. Uh, some, it's some advisor, it's you It's know, a weird realization where we've just automatically written him off as like the goat or yeah. one of the goats. Yeah, he is. But but it's a weird thing to come to terms with where if Hugh Jackson or somebody like that that wasn't a great coach had Tom Brady for 20 years I they mean, could be the greatest that's, coach of all that's, time.
2: That's that's the argument. You know, that's that's always been the argument, but I think, you know, look, stand record is,
3: without Brady speaks for itself. Somebody just put it in the chat. He's like, what was it? 84 and 115 or sure, something? Sure. Like,
2: yeah, I mean, but again, that's that's his guy. He helped develop him and you know, certainly gets credit for those seven rings that they won. Uh it's just a it was a weird day in, in the coaching six. carousel uh six. Coaching carousel yesterday. Seven was Sabin, right?
3: Tom Brady has
2: Tom seven. Tom Brady has he seven. With... Belichick has six, but Nick Saban also has seven national championships. So uh, we'll talk about that as well.
4: Yeah, we'll get to uh, the other coaching moves from yesterday in our 7 o'clock hour, including audio reaction of Alabama fans huh. to Nick Saban's um, abrupt retirement yesterday. He's 72 as well. It's did not.
3: Did, it, did you see this coming? I don't know if anybody not, ri-
4: not yet, but you can never be that stunned that someone in their 70s decides to step down. Yeah, but there was no were...
3: smoke, was there? I didn't I, I didn't don't, see I don't anything don't after so. their season ended. I
4: don't think so, but uh, Alabama fans reacting to it. We've got some great audio for you. As I said, real or fake, on a throwback <laughs> Thursday, chance to qualify for a trip to Las Vegas coming up at 7.10. Don't do this. Our regular features. We're going to do some Padres talk. Uh, I want to I want to talk about the three superstars and a and a question I'm going to pose at 7:35 for Padres fans. Uh, we'll do that second half of the show. We're going to have some time for Stephen A. Smith's rant on his podcast <sighs> yesterday about mm-hmm. Jason Whitlock. Did you edit that when Stephen Smith goes to town on someone? Have he you edited, goes to town on have someone. You
2: edited that audio yet? The Stephen A. Smith.
3: Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. yeah. All
4: right. So cool. lots of uh, <laughs> incredible audio coming your way on the program today. When we come back, though a uh, new mailbag in the athletic Padre's questions including uh, what are the chances still that Hassan Kim gets traded maybe even before the start of the season yeah. that is next with Ben and Woods don't go anywhere it's San Diego's number one sports station 973 the fan Fortunately, correct here on the ben woods program uh, good morning it is thursday morning here on 97.3 the fan we talked about it i think about a month ago yeah the padres season opener in korea speculating well what what time are those games going to be at and you figure it well they're going to want them like in the evening in korea when people can actually go to games after work and if it's at seven o'clock in korea That would be 3 a.m. here in San Diego, and Major League Baseball did officially announce the start time for the two-season opening games against the Dodgers in Seoul, and they are, in fact, going to be at 3 a.m. here in San Diego, as we kind of figured they would be, which means a couple of very, very late, late nights slash early, early, early mornings for us and for Padres fans, and now there's so many dedicated Padres fans, I... I don't see a lot of people just going, you know what, I'll just catch the last 160 games. You're going to want to watch
2: those first two against the Dodgers. I'm I'm right there with you. It it happened years ago. We had just started as a show. They had a game in Japan, I believe. And, uh, yeah, it started at like 1 o'clock in the morning or something. And I woke up and watched it and went in and did the show. It was a long day. These are going to be long days, too. There's even talk, potentially, maybe, of uh, having a little watch party here. The Odyssey Empire uh, Studios. So that could be fun. Nothing
4: officially announced Nothing yet. Nothing official now, yet. Now that the start time is official, yep. we can start planning. At least uh, discuss and maybe make <sighs> some plans about what we're going to do March 20th,
2: 21st for those two games at three in the morning. The nightmare scenario is you get a bunch of you know, 40, 50 people up here to watch the game together. Sammy Lev does his pregame show at 2 a.m., takes you right into Padres baseball. And uh, then the Padres take the field against the Los Angeles Dodgers, and you're down seven nothing in the first. And you've woken up, and we are now forced to sit and watch that entire game, and then come in and do a live, you know, three hour show after that. I think Sammy's going to have to do a, a post game show, and uh, there is a couch here. It's not big enough for all three of us, but uh, Ben can fall asleep anywhere. So if need be, if we get down uh, early. You could certainly uh, take a little snooze and get ready for the show. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not super duper thrilled about the whole thing. I'm really not. WBC really threw a wrench into it. I don't think this is anywhere near, uh, you know, the, the imposition that the WBC was for these players. Um, but it's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting, man.
4: So if I remember correctly, the Padres and Dodgers are splitting those two games. Okay, yes. One, one is the home team. One is a home team, and the Padres apparently are the home team in the first game, okay. which means
2: yeah, we could be down to in the start first. the season,
4: <laughs> presumably, you know, Mookie Betts, Freddie, Freddie, Freddie Freeman, Freeman, Shohei, Shohei Otani <laughs> against Hugh <Yu> Darvish, <laughs> yes. likely, if he's healthy, maybe Joe Musgrove. But that's. Now, if he mows him down, bro. That's how the season starts. You can say how the season goes by the first batter. We, it's going to be a fairly momentous moment when those three in the for the first time the talk of the entire baseball world this off season, what the Dodgers have done going up against one of those Padres studs in the first three game you know first three at bats ever in South Korea in a Major League Baseball game three a.m. doesn't matter when it is that's uh, that's historic right there. And uh, we will have it for you here on 97.3 The Fan.
2: Yeah, it's going uh, to be a fun one, man. Just listening to guys actually die on the radio at 9 a.m. that morning. But uh, we'll do it, man, because we love the Padres. We love you guys. And, yeah, we'll try to get that thing together uh, for at least the first game, I would imagine. Um, it's It's opening day. For all intents and purposes, you can. If you got a fantasy team, those those are gonna. Those stats are gonna count. The the gambling will count. All of it will count. If it makes you feel any better,
4: I just clicked on the ESPN matchup for the first game of the season, and ESPN's matchup predictor gives the Padres a fifty six point eight percent chance of winning that game. That. I have no idea how they're coming Woo! up with that number. <laughs> but yes, Padres according to ESPN. Do they know something we don't know? Apparently, they do. Wow, that, Dylan Cease uh, you know. on the bump. How? I don't know why it says that, but fifty six point eight Padres, forty three point two percent
2: Dodgers it's at so, home uh, field. Both advantage. games actually, Padres should really should come home with a sweep from Korea. I would, you know, we're going to go ahead and start it early. Our BS sports talk radio tropes. You know what you want, guys? In this year. you want to come away with a split. All right, just one game, one game. It's fine. A sweep would be nice. I always want to get off to a fast start. <laughs> a sweep, to every season. Sweep would be nice, but hey, you take a one-one split coming home, right? Well, we'll go ahead and get it out of the way.
4: Will Ha Kim be part of the squad when they head back to his native South Korea, though? New mailbag out from The Athletic. We will talk about that right after a check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fan. So The Athletic's uh, Dennis Lynn yesterday released one of his um, mailbag columns, and the first two questions he took from Padres fans uh, both addressed Ha Kim. The first was, as unpopular as it would be with Padres fans, is trading Ha Kim the best shot we have to fill all the holes that remain on the roster. And, you know, Dennis is Dennis is is pretty level headed and cool in his Padres analysis. Uh and he makes the case that it probably is, if if we're being totally honest, and the Padres are going to find some quality that can play now in the outfield or perhaps another starting pitcher given the market right now in free agency and the limitations the Padres have, have self imposed, it looks like, on themselves for payroll, that trading Hanson Kim may be their best option if they want to have a more fully balanced roster. doesn't mean they're going to trade him, but that seems to be the avenue that they could take if
2: they wanted to do so. Well, one of the quotes from his answer, internally at least, San Diego has been discussing the idea for weeks. Yeah, we've kicked it around a little bit. It's never a popular subject, and I fully understand why. He's He plays harder than anybody on that team. Uh, every single time he is on the field uh, He is a fan favorite He is beloved in San Diego He is a value play at $8 million a season Gold glove winner um, And getting better offensively every single year So, obviously, the asking price for him is very, very high And I saw a guy that covers the Marlins uh, Craig Mish is his name He's really, really good he tweeted the other day, uh, he said, Yeah, they're absolutely interested in Hassan Kim, but the Padres asking prices through the roof. And let's be honest, as it should be. So ask for the moon. Don't settle for anything less than the moon if you're going to make a move like this.
4: And Dennis also writes that a trade before Kim's scheduled March 20th homecoming at Seoul's GoChuck Sky Skydome, where he played his games in Korea, is possible, but not likely. To me, though, that
2: would be cold as ice. By the way, to me, if there's a if if there's a trade of
4: Hassan Kim between, (laughs) let's say, March 21st and March 28th, when the Padres open their home schedule against the San Francisco Giants, it's going to feel very disingenuous that they kept him on to take him to Korea, only to deal him. In the following days, to to fill yeah, before some the, of the needs on their roster, if to me, if you're going to do it, bite the bullet, get the best deal you can, and do it do it now, do it before spring training when you can have new players come in and get acclimated with the team. Don't artificially keep him around just to take him to Korea for publicity purposes. As, it's not a way to run a team. As good as it would be for Major League Baseball, you did sign at least another Korean player that will now be able to represent your roster out of the bullpen for those games. Now, if you think the smart thing is keeping him around for the reasons you just talked about, Woods, the cost efficiency, the fact that he has only improved every single season. However, the last part of it is he will be a free agent at the end of the year. And if you don't think you can sign him to an extension, just like with Juan Soto, you are also facing the possibility of losing him for nothing. Correct. And right now, the Padres don't seem to be an organization that's in the position that they could just lose guys for nothing. So the second question here was, what would a reasonable contract extension for Hassan Kim look like? And Dennis made some comparisons to what Dansby Swanson and Trevor Story got. Now, both of those guys were fairly premier names going on the market in the last, what, two to three years. Correct. And while maybe, Hasan Kim isn't quite on the level in terms of offensive potential as those guys. He's not. The markets also increased. So when you kind of balance those things out, and you look at seven years, one hundred and seventy-seven million for Swanson, six years, one hundred and forty million for Story, you could sort of envision that that's where a, a reasonable contract number might fall for Hasan Kim. Is that something as a let's say as a Padres fan? First of all. Do you want to go down that road and pay him that much for his, you know, early thirties now? Not, you know, not his late twenties anymore, but into his early thirties, a much more expensive player. Or have we seen now the best of Hasan Kim? Was last year the best that we'll see of Hassan
2: Kim? Ask yourself this question, Padre fans. Are you willing to pay him between twenty one and twenty six million dollars per year? And if if you're okay with that. Um, then okay. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Absolutely. You're right. I, I myself, I don't know that I could do that. Now, I understand other extensions have been handed out that make maybe even less sense than this one. I totally <laughs> understand that toothpaste is out. It's how It's on the counter. You cannot scoop it back in there. Um, there's nothing you can do about those now unless you work out a trade and eat some salary and attach prospects and things like that. I guess there's always a way out of a quarter that you painted yourself into, but, if you're willing to to give him Ben, uh, almost triple what he's making now, that's 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 what you'd have to do. Uh, because again, which they, he's earned, his value is his value. But the, they also said the only notable competition in the upcoming class of free agent shortstops is Willie Adamas. He's 28 years old. So, I mean, look if you can if you could get. Pieces, it just sucks. I hate that we're back to this point. It sucks so
3: much because he's such a fan favorite. He plays the game. You want want 26 guys just like him. No question, man. But But you can't, I mean, you're going to pay him that much money. The formula is right there guy into a contract year at peak value. Peak value. Like ten times out of ten, that's the right decision, and it's never, sucks. Easy. never I think, easy.
4: I think there are three potential outcomes with Hassan Kim that you're looking to avoid. All three of them. One of them is the Jake Cronenworth. You sign him to a, a long, lucrative contract extension, but turns out he really wasn't improving. We saw the peak, and now starts to decline, and the numbers just aren't there. And now you're overpaying for another infielder on a long-term deal. The second possible bad outcome is you trade him or let him go in free agency. He signs somewhere else. And guess what? He continues to improve. And the season that he just got that had MVP votes is not a fluke. And for several years, he's tormenting you on another team, maybe even one up in San Francisco or Arizona and coming back and going, could have had that guy, could have signed him for a, I mean, not, you know, not a cheap deal, but a more reasonable deal if they have done it now. And he goes and haunts you somewhere else. But the third possible one that, and Dennis brings this up and, and mentions it, Jackson Merrill is your top prospect or one of your top prospects in your system. And right now, still is a guy without a position. If Hassan Kim leaves and Jackson Merrill comes in and takes over that position and does well, if he doesn't, you trade Jackson Merrill and he becomes an, a stud somewhere else cheaply for many years of control. And you got rid of him because you had to keep Hassan Kim on a. million deal when you could have had Jackson Merrill producing somewhat similarly or maybe even even better depending on how he develops, that's not an outcome you want either. You'd rather have Jackson Merrill on the cheap producing somewhat comparably to Ha Sung Kim than an expensive Ha Sung Kim. Now, those are three outcomes you want to avoid. What's the best course forward now for the San Diego Padres?
2: That Hasan Kim comes to A.J. Preller and says, I love playing here. I don't want to leave. Defer me until 2030. That's your best case scenario. Because Hasan Kim deserves every dollar he can get. He's earned it. He plays hard as hell for it. Um, and if you can't pay him, somebody's going to. Somebody's going to. She's, it's, he plays a premier position. And not even doesn't even play it here. You know, there's been some mistakes made, and now you're trying to paint yourself out of it, and you may end up losing, well, you've already lost a potential franchise changing player in Juan Soto. I like the return that you got back for him. The return that you get back for Hassan Kim, if you do this too, it better be juicy as well. I mean, Hassan Kim certainly a
4: more of a known quantity than Jackson Merrill is at this point. You're taking a big risk if you're turning things over to Merrill, you know, even if it's a year a year from now and saying farewell to Hassan Kim but the potential rewards of doing that are also pretty high to have a con- young controllable player who you think could produce on the big league level cheaply for several years several years 6 years of control essentially versus an, an absolutely free agent who's well, going to be at the top of his value when you're signing this. him and,
2: and my uh, right. you know the when when we had Kyle Glazer on last year and what was the the last week. Well, last, last week um it was almost last year. It was almost last year. The word that he used was a transition year. And if it's a transition year, truly, you don't really have a choice. If you're transitioning to to get ready for 2025, yes, Hassan Kim makes you better in 2024. But if you're not going to sign him at the end of the year, you cannot afford to lose him for nothing. And the, the deadline deal is not going to be as lucrative as it would be now. And if you've
4: already decided you couldn't afford to lose Juan Soto for nothing. Right. Isn't the same calculus at play for Hassan Kim? You, you don't want to lose him for nothing either One with a think. year to go, especially if, as Dennis writes, the market for him has been very interested out there. When there's a lot of teams interested, that just makes the offers go up and gonna, up
2: for what you're going to get. It's going to suck. There's no, my, my, my six-year-old will be devastated. Devastated. Hassan Kim, is a, a, he is a guy that you watch play and say, play like him.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: That's how you play the game. Uh, And those guys just don't. They're not around that much anymore. The dude plays hard with heart every single day, and continuously, continuously tries to improve. And is just he's just a force. Like he's a he. There's an aura about him. You know, if you ever stand near him, there's an aura about him. You want guys like that on your team. That being said, it's also a business, and it sucks. The business sucks sometimes. This is one of those times.
4: Right, we can come back. There are a couple other questions involving the outfield we can get to as well. Do want to play some of that audio, though, from uh, Nick Saban fans who are devastated in Alabama. We'll get to that coming up at 7 o'clock. Uh, Real or fake on a throwback Thursday? Chance to win a trip to Las Vegas coming up as well. One hour in the books. It's Ben and Woods. We'll be right back on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fam.
0: Okay, picture this.
3: we